The census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Welcome to episode 5 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark, and joining me on today's show is the one, the only, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, you heard that right. I have been able to secure a world-exclusive, first-ever movie podcast interview with the man himself, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yes, I know it doesn't sound real, and even when I say it out loud, I still don't believe it really happened. But he's here, he's on this podcast, and he gives an interview that I am so thrilled with. Now, before I get into all the nitty gritty and start going into this interview, I just want to take a bit of time to thank you all for tuning in to the last episode. The last episode was with Lloyd Kaufman, the man behind Troma Films. When I put this episode out, I didn't know how people would react, because he's not the biggest name out there, he even admits it himself. Troma Films is a huge established company, but not everyone realises who they are. So when I got to see the stats over the last few days, it's been absolutely incredible. We've had a top 20 on iTunes podcast, we've had a top 20 podcast on Podomatic, and one of the highest trending podcasts in the UK. So... To say I am grateful is an understatement. It is unbelievable to see the response. So I just want to thank every single one of you for taking the time to listen. Now on today's episode, I don't want to delay it anymore. So without further ado, I give you Sir Anthony Hopkins. Hi there, Mr Hopkins. Hi there. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Very good. Thanks again for taking the time to talk to me. Pleasure. Where are you now at the moment? I'm in Leicester in the UK, so it's eight o'clock at night. Oh, my God. I had my first job when I left the Royal Academy in Leicester, the Phoenix Theatre. Oh, brilliant. First of all, with your movie career, I wanted to know, what was your first ever memory of watching a performance that made you want to be an actor? Oh, I can't remember. I I, I stumbled into acting by um, default, really. Uh, I got a scholarship to a local school in South Wales, Cardiff College of Music and Drama, 1955. I just, I didn't have a plan, it just happened that way. And uh, I did see Peter O'Toole in Look Back in Anger in Bristol Old Vic, 1957. And I thought, that was pretty hot stuff, you know. And I'd seen Albert Finney in um, Billy Lyre in 1960. And... uh, those are the performances I remember, and I, I thought I'd like to have a go at that. And in fact, I ended up working with those two actors, Albert Finney and uh, with Peter O'Toole. So that's how, my, that's how my, 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 my life started as an actor. Amazing. So how was it working on set with David Lynch? I always wonder what it'd be like being directed by such a legend. 
Oh, that was that was fine. I, um, that was a long time ago. That was almost forty years ago. Yeah, Dave is a brilliant man. I um, I enjoyed it very much. God, it was a long time ago. I've forgotten about that movie. Are there any directors or actors that you're still wanting to work with that you haven't ever got the opportunity to work with? Mm, not really. Um, I just worked with an incredible director, Michael Bay, in England. We did uh, Transformers. And how was that? Because that must be very different to some of the films you've done. No, it was great. It was a lot of fun working with Michael. Very, very good. And um, worked with Spielberg. Never worked with Scorsese. I don't know what that would be like. I, 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 I'm very easygoing. I'm very fluid. I don't have plans or I know hard and fast rules about who I'm going to work with. People say, you know, who, what actors would you like to work with? I don't know. Somebody who knows their lines and shows up on time. That's about it. Um, what are some of your favourite movies? Not even the ones you've been in, but what are some of your all-time favourite films? Well, when I was a young actor, when I was a younger actor, I... Um, I saw it with Finney on Saturday night and Sunday morning, which was 1960. Um, oh, God, there's so many films. Uh, the Third Man, Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton. Yeah, those sort of things. My favourite actor when I was a kid was Humphrey Bogart. Uh, yeah. And when I speak to famous actors, I'm always surprised by some of them that never watch their own work back. Do you watch all your performances back? Yeah, but I'm not that... Yes, I, I'm not that involved in them. I, I watch and I think, oh, yeah, that's it. And uh, I don't become fascinated or anything. Uh, I've missed some films that I thought I would miss, which would be a good idea to just miss out on them. But I don't get uh, caught up in viewing myself I, at all. I I do it. Once it's over, it's done. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. For example, there's this big uh, hit at the moment, which is Westworld, and I... I watch, but I, I, uh, and that's it. I, I don't quite know what it's about, but I enjoy doing it. And, uh, but I don't get caught up in it and absorbed into it because that's pure narcissism, I guess. I, the, I, I, I think you know. Sometimes we're invited to a premiere of a movie, which is rarely. But if we do go to a premiere, it's we want to see. Um, one of those Thor movies a couple of years ago, and there was a party afterwards, you know, after the premiere. And I looked at my wife and I said, "Do you want to go to the party?" She said, "No, not at all." Now, I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a um, stick in the mud. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like my own life. I'm not that caught up in the professional, social, uh, whatever it is. Um, jamboree of the acting profession but I enjoy it, I like working with actors I'm kind of laid back I guess, maybe I'm just getting old And you you fully deserve to be able to be nice and chilled um, at that age, but I read an interview of you recently and you said that you avoid negative people, uh, you don't like um, to mix with all the co-stars and be involved in all the limelight and stuff And do you think that has changed since you've got older or do you still... No, no, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not negative No, I I look. I, I enjoy working with actors. I've had some great times with actors, and uh, um, like Jeffrey Wright, for example, on uh, Westworld. And uh, oh God, I've had such a lot of fun with actors working. But I'm not. I'm not one. And I noticed this about a number of actors. They don't seem to enjoy that social sort of life, and uh, they'd rather go home and play with their dog or their children or something like that. I, I'm, I'm a bit like that. I. 
Um, maybe I've been around so long now, I don't get caught up in it. But I certainly enjoy working with people and I enjoy meeting um, a couple of guys, you know, for dinner or something, lunch. But rarely do I go out in uh, my way to uh, join in the social life of it. And, it's, um, and that's about it, really. Because I read, I read a recent interview where you said that you are quite a loner, and I know that's what you said by personal choice. And do you believe that the older you get and the wiser you are, you prefer to be on your own and have your own company instead of being surrounded by others? Because I'm only 31, but I kind of see this all the time as I get older, that I want to be around less people and have my own sort of independence. You're 31, that's you're a young kid. <laughs> <laughs> you should enjoy, enjoy society as you've got it now, you know. Uh, don't close off too soon. I, I, my wife calls me a bit of a stick in the mud because I, um, I love the afternoons and the evenings of just reading and I play the piano and I paint and all that sort of stuff, you know. And I, um, I'm not attached to the big outer life of um, show business at all. I mean, I, I observe it. I go along to the occasional event. But rarely, I mean, and sometimes by contract I have to, you know, go to see yeah. a movie or go and see, uh, do publicity like this. Um, that's part of my contract deal, and I, I, I enjoy it. It's quite nice, but I, I don't get caught up in the, um, quotes, importance of it all. It's not important. I, I, I've, been, I've been rather criticised by a few other Hollywood people for saying things like that, but that's my opinion. I mean, it's none of my business what people say of me or think of me i am what i am and you know i don't i don't play by the rules i'm not a, i'm not a game player i'm not into the um politically correct um I, I, i'm part of the lonely crowd i i like to be on my own but at 31 that's not healthy i can tell you that 31 you should get out more <laughs> get out there and see the world and worry about it in another 30 years when you're old croc croc like me then you can afford to be there you just mentioned Westworld, um, which has just come to an end. We're on episode nine here in the UK. Um, how different was it working on a TV show to a film, knowing it's kind of a, a ten-hour kind of film instead of a, a two or three-hour? What, what was so unique about this? I never knew what was happening because I started in one and, and two and three episode three. I didn't know where this, uh, the story was going, and I still don't. I still don't. Uh, um, understand it and uh, I hear the finale is this Sunday um, and I'm enjoying it but I find it very difficult to follow what's going on because I, 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 I found it very difficult to read all the scripts because I had a lot of lines to learn so and uh, I'm not uh, I couldn't dig deep into the scripts I know that there are lots of people are analyzing it and this and the other and they wonder the theories that they and it makes me laugh because, I don't know, it's just a TV thing. It's very good. I'm very proud to be in it. You are amazing in it. And I I think it's an amazing TV series where it's been some of the best sci-fi I've seen on screen in a long time. And all the different time scales and the, the time mm. frames, it's it's amazing. It's the last, it's the, since Lost, I've not seen a, a TV series where people have been online and got theories going and people have all got different yeah. ideas. And it's refreshing to see. Well, the ge geniuses behind it are Jonah Nolan. Yeah. And his wife, Lisa Joy, and J.J. Abrams and HBO, of course, and a whole team of designers and artists. But Jonah and um, uh, Jonathan Nolan, as he's known, and um, Lisa, I don't know where they came up with these ideas, I, because they're very nice, ordinary people. To look. And, uh, I mean, they're just normal-looking people. 
and they have a baby coming and they have a little girl and uh, very char very nice people, very ordinary people, but they have obviously egg, you know, vast brains which are beyond me. I mean, I, 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 I've read quite a bit of this stuff over the years, you know, about psychology and bicameral mind. I knew all about that, you know, as much as I could when I was uh, younger. So to have the opportunity to speak this stuff is quite a, uh, quite something. But uh, they are the two geniuses behind it. But it's very dense, and um, I, I think it amuses Jonah and Lisa to see that there are so many um, digging down into the meanings of it. And uh, I, I read some of those Twitters or whatever you call them, tweets or whatever they call, and I think God, they're really getting caught up in it. And I don't know, I don't have a clue what they're what they're looking for. I'm glad they're happy and enjoying it, and I'm glad the show is doing so good. I mean, it was a, it was a terrific year. I I, I think I, I think I, start, I started it three years ago. We did the pilot, and um, yeah, but I'm glad it's doing so well. It seems to be. This is a big hit in England. Massive, absolutely huge. Sky Atlantic are promoting it, and it's everyone's talking about it. Everyone's saying it's the best TV of the year. Oh, good. That's good to know. Good. And my last question on TV. Um, I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but what was your take of Mads Mikkelsen playing Hannibal, which is very different to your take? I know. I only saw one of them, and he was very good. What's his name? Mads Mikkelsen. Now, where's he from? I believe he's Danish. Danish. Oh, he's very good. I only saw one of them. I, I don't watch television at all much. I very rarely watch things on television. I must watch this Lost, though. I hear that's very good. There's a, there's a lot of them. Yeah, Bre Breaking Bad is good. Oh, amazing. I don't watch television much. I, I, do, I try not to watch the news. It's so depressing. Oh, I, it's, it's not worth watching. It just puts you on a downer. Yeah, and it's all commercial stuff. Anyway, it's all for money, isn't it? It's all. I don't know, maybe I'm a bit cynical, but I, I got better things to do than turn on the. Although I do get into the addictive habit of switching on television, but I try and switch it off fast. I don't like, don't like being caught up in it. No, it's it's just it's, it's very addictive, and it's you can find yourself being lost for hours, and then realise you've you've wasted a whole evening. Yeah, you waste your whole life watching television. So now your most recent projects, which I'm a big fan of, I've been seeing a lot of it online, your artwork, which is, it's incredible. So I just want to say, keep up the amazing work. What actually inspires you to paint and how long have you actually been painting behind the scenes? I've been painting about 12 years. My wife encouraged me. I, when I was a little boy, I, I used to draw and uh, I wasn't, you know, I wanted to be an artist. And I was encouraged by a neighbour to I, I never did. I never went on with it. And then I, I wanted to be a musician. And then I became an actor by default, really. And um, then my wife, my present wife, I say present wife as if it's uh, um, Stella. We were getting married about 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And she um, saw some of my drawings and she said, you ought to do this. And so I started painting. And uh, and then she looked and she said, well, we should get a show, an ex exhibition for so I said, well, I don't know how to do it. But she said, of course you do. You're doing it. What, what do you mean you don't know how to do it? I said, well, it may not be good enough. She said, well, they can't put you in jail, can they? Just do it. So I did it. And uh, we have a team of people around us. And uh, um, I, I don't know much about the business of it, but we have a small team. My niece, Tara Hawaii, was Stella's niece. And Aaron Tucker, who was the brains behind organizing these shows and... Uh, um, and, and my wife Stella and I don't have a clue about business but that's what they do and here I'm in Las Vegas 
for a permanent exhibition now, and much to my surprise and pleasant astonishment. So is it is it stuff that's happened in your life or your films or your music that you've brought to your artwork? I mean, when you're painting, I've seen Common Man, which I think is incredible. I mean, what was it? What what things inspire? Is it a bit of everything or? No, I it's like with acting or with um, music. I don't know. It's a, it's an unconscious process. I don't think about it. I just push all the colour into the canvas and in music I do as much colour into the sounds of music and with acting of the same I, I don't analyse it, I don't have any um, maybe there's a piece missing in my brain, I don't have that kind of analytical brain that you know pushes that analysis of anything so, but I'm glad you like the artwork, it seems to be doing well. What I really like about it is, now that I've been familiar with it and I've seen a number of pieces, when I see it, I know it's instantly yours. You've got your kind of signature on it. It's like, oh, that's Anthony Hopkins, you know. But also, yeah. every piece is very different. Oh, good, good. Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it depends. I, I keep changing it as well. I, I change my methods of painting as well. I've just recently changed a method of painting uh, four or five days ago. Um, just... A different style of painting of laying the paint on the canvas. Um, so I, I keep trying to change it and uh, um, make new innovations. But to go back to simplicity, to not overdo it, to uh, you know, just and, uh, when I stand back and look at it, I think, "Ah, oh, that's enough. Don't touch it anymore." I may then go back a few days later and add a little thing or subtract a little thing. But I, I don't push it. I, I don't push it. I, I, I think I have an instinct for colour, and I think the audiences or the people who view these books uh, love the colours, and if they sell them, that's wonderful. And we have a, a small um, cottage industry of the art world, you know, which my wife has founded, and uh, it gives people work to do and so on and so forth. What I was going to ask then is you said you go back to it, and this is something that really fascinates me, and I, I, I would love to know, how do you actually know when a piece of artwork is finished because it must be impossible to say that's it um yeah sometimes it is i'll add something if there's something i look at it and i think there's something missing i had something missing. i don't know what it is so i'll finish it off as, as if it's sometimes a bit of journalistic newspaper i put a print over it i i, I can't describe it really but um uh, i do i don't believe me i don't compare myself to picasso but uh, I think it was Picasso was... Uh, Gar- Here's an interesting thing. Gary Cooper, do you know the, the cowboy actor, you know the American actor Gary Cooper? Well, he's yes. a great friend of Picasso. They, it's an odd friendship, you know, Picasso and the American cowboy. And Gary uh, C- Cooper asked him, he said, how do you paint? He said, I don't know. He said, Cooper said you don't know? He said, no, nope, I don't know. <laughs> and um, there's a photograph, uh, a series of photographs of Cooper was in France with his wife and with Picasso and they were eating fish for lunch and there's a series of photographs you can look them up and Picasso carved the flesh off the fish and made it into a ceramic, put it in clay and made it into a ceramic plate it was a series of photographs over the days of you know, the smelting, the cooking of the, and um, Picasso said I, I didn't, he said he didn't know how he, how he painted it, what he wanted to do was to undo his academic well, I'm fortunate because I didn't have an academic background, so I've got nothing to dismantle. I start as a kind of naive artist, I guess. I'm a naive, um, primitive 
painter. I wouldn't even call myself an artist. I, I think I'm a dabbler. Um, it's the same with acting and with the music. I dabble has a, a kind of dismissive uh, tone about it. But what I mean to say is, I there's a wonderful thing in mucking about in boats with um, wind in the willows. Just you know, the opening "Wind in the Willows" by Kenneth Graham. So messing about in boats, and that's what I do: is mess about with paint, mess about with acting, mess about with music, and have some fun with it. It seems to work because you've got an Oscar and you've got a lot of people saying you're one of the best actors in TV right now and your artwork is selling out, so messing around on boats seems to work. Messing about on boats, that's what I do. That's that's my new philosophy. Mess about in boats. They say, well, how do you, I just mess about in acting. Hey, that's a nice surprise that they call me the greatest actor since God knows what I know, since Genghis Khan. That's nice. It's all a surprise to me. <laughs> I have to laugh. If I didn't laugh, I'd die, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's amazing that you've uh, reminded everyone of why you're one of the best actors in the world and I, I, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you yeah. and um, I wish you all the best for next year with more Westworld, more art and I'm sure there's more films like you said, Transformers and we'll be talking about you again and again for years to come Mark, Mark, well Happy New Year don't become a recluse, don't be like me if you're 31 get out and have some fun Can I ask you one favour? My my wife is a massive fan of yours. Her name's Joe. Her favourite film is Silence of the Lambs. Could you say in the style of Hello Clarice, Hello Joanne, because it will make her day. Hello Joanne, how are you? My incredible letter. I live with some fava beans and a nice candy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. So there it is. I am awake and that wasn't all a dream. It's incredible to know that that really did happen. I actually can't believe I got to speak to one of my favourite actors of all time and a massive, massive thank you to Sir Anthony Hopkins for giving me your time and giving me an interview that I am going to treasure forever and I hope that all of you listening really, really enjoyed it as much as me. Now, I was thinking about the first time I really got into his work and it was probably growing up actually. My dad used to make me watch a lot of war films and I remember A Bridge Too Far. I think that's his first performance I remember as a child, but at that age I wasn't a huge, huge film buff. I didn't really take note of actors or actresses. I was just more interested in just the film and what was happening and hopefully that it would keep me entertained, especially with such a short attention span as a kid that I had, and to be honest, still now. I remember watching The Elephant Man during college and it, it blew my mind and that's when I really started taking note of films and wanting to know more about the filmmaker and the director and who actually did this film and how can I find out more. So to see David Lynch directing him, this is the first performance that really stuck with me. But let's be honest, the major film that really made me fall in love with him is The Silence of the Lambs and for me I wasn't allowed to watch it as a child. I mean, let's be honest, a nine-year-old shouldn't be watching a film that violent. My parents were quite strict on me, and I was never allowed to watch kind of Aliens or Alien, and Silence of the Lambs was one I always wanted to watch. My mum and dad had the book, and I was always intrigued and loved the cover, and I always used to say, let me watch the film, and they're like, no, you're far too young. So what I did is one night when they were asleep, I crept downstairs, I remember getting the VHS that dad thought he hid very well from me in the cupboard, I got it out, put it in, and the next thing I know, I'm sat there wanting to cry my eyes out with fear. I've never been so scared of a character in film in all my life. To see this killer and this 
Even his eyes, everything about him terrorised me. I was so frightened of this character, but I was also at the same time not willing to turn it off because I thought I'm not going to get many opportunities while my parents were asleep to watch this film. So I thought I'm going to sit this through and watch the whole thing. Yes, it probably messed me up a bit, but my God, it made me fall in love with horror and it made me fall in love with thrillers and serial killer films and gave me that really kind of... Oh, I, everything about it I just fell in love with and I just wanted to see more and more. So when I got to see stuff like Hannibal later on, my God, it was incredible. It isn't just those films for me though that really stuck with me. Even stuff like Meet Joe Black I absolutely love. I remember also watching Legends of the Fall, which is one of my wife's favourite films. And even though throughout the film he's using a chalkboard to communicate, he still steals every scene that he's in. And up against people like Brad Pitt and other actors like this, it's just credit to him. I don't think people realise how incredible and how much he owns scenes that he's in, even in every film that he's in. I recently watched a documentary about him on Netflix about how he makes the show of Westworld. And it really is incredible. Every line he delivers, everything he puts his heart and soul in. And you never see a weak performance. And there's not many actors in this world that you can actually sit there and say there's not a bad performance. Some of the films you might not be a fan of, Beowulf, stuff like this. But you can't fault his acting in it. And it's incredible that even now, so many years on, when anyone's talking about Westworld, which has been one of the most popular TV shows in the last couple of years... Everyone is talking about Sir Anthony Hopkins' performance. And why not? I urge you to go out and see this. His performance as Dr. Robert Ford is incredible. I am obsessed with TV. I spend most of my life watching it. I watch Netflix, I watch Amazon, I watch all these series. But Westworld came from nowhere and it just blew my mind. But it was mostly because of this performance. I just want to say again, thank you to Sir Anthony Hopkins... If you're listening to this and you've never heard of Anthony Hopkins, I actually don't believe you because he's a man of many talents. He's by far one of the best actors in the world. He can compose music, but also his love and his skill as an artist is just flawless. Go on anthonyhopkinsart.com, check out his work, get on my Twitter, get on my Facebook, do what you can, let me know what you think because I think his artwork is outstanding. Again, Thank you, Sir Anthony Hopkins, for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you to all of you for listening to this podcast. I've got an incredible interview coming up next, but I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to tell you now who it is. Keep checking out markandme.com. My Facebook is on there, my Twitter is on there, and I'll be announcing the next guest within the next few weeks. Thanks again for listening. Stick around. And again, thank you, Sir Anthony Hopkins, for giving me a one-off interview that I am never, ever going to forget. Take care, guys.
just begin to fall. 